was given by God to mankind to instruct us for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped to every good work. The experiences recorded in the Bible as personal applications for all of our lives. They are written for our ammunition according to 1 Corinthians 10 11. The Bible identifies the devil as the adversary of our soul, bent on our destruction. That's taken from 1 Peter 5 8. He rebelled against God in heaven that resulted in war in heaven. He and his angels were cast out. And so we know that because of this, there is a great controversy going on today. Who are you going to worship? Every decision that you make is your loyalty to either God or to Satan. There isn't any middle of the road. Every decision that you make, you make a decision not to come to church today or stay at home, not to support that ministry, is a decision that you would either support Jesus Christ, the only way to salvation, or Satan. And everything that Satan do for us is going to end up badly. He's, he's the type of enemy that he tracks you. And, and like many of you guys who watch football, they would watch monitors to see how the, the opposition team is going to play, so you go and strategize so you can prevent that team from making a score. And so Satan is on our track. He knows everything about us. He knows our weaknesses, he knows our vices, and unless we surrender totally to Jesus and give us permission for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, you're going to get tricked out. And the one thing about the devil, he is not, he is so wicked that once he tricks you up to see you, he kicks you and keeps kicking you. You want to be dead. So the, the thing about Jesus Christ is that once we fall, even if our mistake, 1 John 1 says, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us all for, from the righteousness. So my witness for me is I choose to serve Jesus Christ. I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say it's easy. Because Psalm 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us from them all. So I'm going to stay back on who's going to be with me through the trials and tribulations, my ups and downs, and I want to praise him when I'm down, as well as I want to praise him when I'm up, because he's done so much for me. And so this morning, as we focus on our worship, we're going to go to Genesis 35, verses 1 through 7. If you can open your Bible with me this morning. We're talking about Jacob. And all of us know about Jacob. Jacob is no different than you or I. But like God has made this plan of escape for us, is that it doesn't matter how we start. Is how we end the count. And if we can live terrible lives on this, or we can be 
prostitutes, and we can be caught up in drug trafficking, and we can be have addiction, and we can be liars and thieves, and, and we can have narcissistic personality disorder where it's all about me. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, He can set us free, and there won't be any testimony against that unless you give up on you know giving the opportunity to change because the power of the Holy Spirit can do all things and Luke 137 says through Christ all things I can do all things. All things are made new. I don't think the way I used to I do the way I was. I've been a new woman transformed by the power of Jesus Christ and my life will never be the same. I found something so wonderful that I'm gonna hold on to God the storm so I get get just throw me up and throw me on the ground. Whether I see family suffering, my friends suffering, I have found a friend so here that he's worth everything. So I praise him. I praise him because if I don't praise him, I will be on the stand alive. I trust him. I've been through some things in my life that it hasn't been with him. And him loving me, encouraging me, I'm going to be that's my testimony. So let's go to Genesis 35, 1 through 7. And uh, my sister, besides my tear reading with me this morning, uh, I don't care to tell you verse, you can read it. So, Sister uh, Council, you want to read the first three for me? Sister Francois, yes, sorry, you read 1 through 3, and then Sister Francois, you do 1 through 7 for me. Now, come to the Christmas, I guess, 35, verse 1. Move on to Bethlehem. Move on to Bethlehem now and settle there, God said to Jacob, and build an altar to worship me. The God who appeared to you when you feed from your brother Esau. So Jacob instructed all the those in his household to destroy their idols they had brought with them and to wash themselves and to put on fresh clothing, for we are going to Bethlehem, he told them. And I will build an altar there to God, who answered my prayers in the days of my distress and was with me on my journey. So they gave Jacob all their idols and their earrings, and he buried them beneath the oak tree near the chateau. Then they started on again, and the terror of God was upon all the city. They journeyed through so that they were not attacked. Finally, they arrived in love, also called Bethel, in pain. And Jacob erected an altar there and named it the altar of, the, of God, who met me here at Bethel, because it was there at Bethel that Jacob appeared to him. When, that God appeared to him when he was fleeing from Esau. And so we, we set the stage for the story of Jacob. And as we know, People who, that we are known by studying the Word of God, we know that Jacob's worship and his obedience to God is based on relationship. And if we take a quick look at the Ten Commandments, the first
first four deal with our relationship with God, right? And the other six deal with our relationship with each other. So we know that in order to be obedient to God, there has to be a relationship. If you have children and you haven't set boundaries with your children when you tell them to do something, that relationship's going to be kind of excused and not to be obedient. But when you set rules in the family, they understand there is uh, probably a spanking coming or other things, punishment, then that relationship's going to be uh, that they know they should obey. And now God is not a God that, that will go and just whip us, but he let the circumstance that we create by our own doing that put us out of his graces to do the whipping for us. And so I love God. I love God because he is everything and more. So as we talk about Jacob, we, think, we talk about his worship. And the title that I'm going to talk about today, Come and Let Us Worship God, who answered me in the day of my distress. Then the caveat is, are you a worshiper? Through his trials, when his life and his family life have been at stake, in desperation he cried out to God to deliver him from Esau because he feared him that he would take your life. He then reminded God of his promises to him that he would do him good and make his descendants like the sand of the sea, which could not be numbered for the multitude. The trial had made him acutely aware that God was the answer to all his problems. Nothing is too hard for him. And he is again in distress because of Simeon and Levi, cruel anger against the inhabitants of Shechem because the king's son, Jamar, is father of sister Dinah. God instructs them to go to Bethlehem to dwell there, but to make an offer, to make an offer, an altar of sacrifices. Then Jacob prepares his household to worship. Every week, we come to church on Saturday. But I want you to know that worship doesn't start here only on Sabbath. Worship is 24-7. I remember when I first moved here to Las Vegas years ago, and I had the opportunity to work at the house of authority on Flamingo. And I had taken a break. I'd gone into the break room, and, and the break room they had some magazines, and one of the magazines that they had was um, this scientific magazine, I can't remember. Anyway, this guy, they go and go throughout the world and they discover all these uh, exotic animals. And, uh, and so they had this magazine in there. And this particular day, they had this particular magazine, I should say, article on, an article on the rainforest. And as I was looking through that magazine, I just saw all these creatures. The thing that, I, that impressed me was this little bug about this big, and he was brilliantly colored, um, bright red with some green. And then he had the ability to re retain moisture on the, on the back of his leg so that if it got too hot, he wouldn't die. The guy had put a system in him that preserved his life. And then they had these frogs, I mean these brilliant colored 
frogs are little bulging eyes, but also brilliantly colored, like red feet and green and uh, red color. And they had the ability to glide to there, glide to the air. So I'm just fascinated about this, but then the thing that, excuse me, the one animal or I guess amphibian, I should say, um, that I'm terrified of snakes. They had this snake. And it was like a beautiful green. But it had the ability, while it was just not doing anything, or just standing in mobile, like, you know, on a branch or something, it would remain its, its shape. But if it flying, it would flatten itself and was able to fly to branch to branch. At that moment, something happened. The Holy Spirit that dwelled in me brought me into worship God. At that point in time, I didn't know who was there. I didn't care who was there. I wanted to lie prostrate on the floor and just worship God. I didn't care because at that moment, God, you know, the Holy Spirit revealed to me how great God was. And that didn't matter. I didn't care who was there. I just wanted to follow my knees to just worship God and praise Him for His creative power. I didn't care whether my boss came in. I didn't care whether the little girls were there. I just wanted to worship and I just wanted to raise my hand to heaven and say, praise you God for, you know, you are wonderful and great to be praised. So I just want you to know that praise does not have to be just here on the spot. It could be 24 hours a day in your home. You could get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and open your word and go into worship with him. He can just enter praise, I mean worship that point of time. At this point in time, I just want to define what worship is. Worship is our response to who God is. What he's done for us, what he's continued to do, and what he's coming back. Praise is our vernacular or language that we use in worship. And that's the difference. So as I spend a few minutes today talking about what is it that God requires for worship. Because in order to meet the requirements, there's a certain blessing that comes with that. And I often wonder why when we come to church sometimes, the, the, the place is not filled with the Holy Spirit. As Isaiah talked about in 61, that he saw the Lord in a vision. He was high and the train filled the temple. And the glory filled this place. Because the place was full of smoke. I want that experience. I want to be in a, in, in so close in the presence of God that the Holy Spirit was welcome me bring me to a place that I experienced that. Because I know that once you get in the spot, that place, I don't think you want to leave it. Because it's filled with the glory of God, it's love. The fruits of the Spirit manifested in its greatness, Galatians 5.22. So as we as we prepare to worship, first of all, he was obedient. In Hebrews 5.9, 1 John 3, 24, 1 John 5, 2 and 3, John 14, 15 and 21, 
And in 1 Corinthians 12, it says that a healthy church operates like a body. Head is in place, neck is in place, and we function healthy. There's balance, there's love, but when there is sin or unforgiveness, the different things that are not right, you're like this church. And if you think it's healthy, it's not. I'm sorry to say that it breaks my heart to say that, but it's true. Programming goes on every week. People don't come. Time to pray. People don't come to pray. Well, how in the world are you going to be healthy just before God left you here? You get healthy and you don't come. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to continue to just wait and wait. He's going to come through those crowds one day and ready or not. It's your own choice who you will serve. And every choice you make today is the one going to determine where you'll be in eternity. And there, I didn't make the rules. I'm trying to follow and I'm struggling just like each one of you. But he made the rules and he's not going to change. Every day the pastor man has planned a program. I always thought, you know, when the Holy Spirit is moving, when the Holy Spirit is moving, there's movement. There's no dead time. When there's Holy Spirit movement, it's like living water springing up in you. There's passion and love. There's cohesiveness. I don't understand it, but I'm going to be with him because I know God put it there. Who am I? What revelation has been given to me to say anything other than, Lord, have mercy upon me and pray for the program? I just know this, is that he's coming soon and all the signs are there. Are you missing it? Are you looking at horoscopes, maybe? And it's so get away from them. They don't know nothing. They're deception of the devil. This is what he's left for us. And the pure word of God is the only thing that's going to get sanctified and purified to see God's face and see there's no other, no other name, no other, no other truth but the truth that Jesus Christ he came as a baby. He died horribly. You and I, and he's coming back again. That's the child for the soul. And if you don't grasp that, and you think that what you're doing now is it going to be written in the book of life, if anything you're doing is going to be written in the book of life, those are things you need to ask yourself. And let's go to the next one denying yourself. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Then that was Matthew 16, 24, and Matthew 10, 38. This is the caveat. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Self-denial is no better test of reality and earnestness in the religious life than this. If you follow Jesus, 
It must be by free will and you must voluntarily renounce everything that might hinder your discipleship. And it could be jewelry. It has become your God because, and I've heard people say, well, you know, I read somewhere in the Bible that God's going to be decked up in Jew, but I think I'll wait till we get to the kingdom. He would deck me right there when he's rejecting myself right now with me and myself, caught up in myself of what I want to do. And as a Bible worker, when I have people, sometimes I ask them, well, why do you wear Jews like you? Oh, it makes me look good. That's it. Me. And God is not looking for that. He's looking for a transformation of our hearts. And the transformation of our heart leads us to live a life differently. And if you don't believe that God makes you dress differently, change differently, my sisters and brothers, I don't know what Bible you read. I don't know. Because I know the transformation power of the Holy Spirit changes. If we're not being changed, I would suggest you meet the pastor and our anatomy to pray. Just come, and come to Bible studies on Wednesday night. We have a lot of places for you. For your children, too. Come to Bible study. And self-denials until you must be resigned to bear what is brought upon you. Suffering, shame, and Jesus' death. That's part of the cross. And remember, that's what Christ did for each one of us. And John 4.23 it says, yet a time is coming, has come back when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is the spirit, and they that worship him are worshiping the spirit and truth. That's a caveat to worship being true worshipers. Deuteronomy 10, 12, and now Israel, what does the Lord thy God require to thee? But the fear of the Lord thy God to walk in all his ways, and to love them, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Psalm 51, 17 says, The sacrifices of God are broken spirit, are broken in a contrite heart. O God, I will not despise. Those who are eternally convinced of their misery and danger by sin will spare no cost to attain the remission of it, but as they cannot make satisfaction for sin, so God cannot take any satisfaction in them otherwise. They're expressing love and duty to Him. And I just found that in Matthew 10, reading my commentary as I was doing this study on worship. It took me so many different places. But today I feel that maybe if you're missing some things, I want to say I feel this is what God wants me to say to you today. Okay? And I know that for myself, I just want all of us to be saved. And in Psalms 96, 9, it says, Worship him in the beauty of holiness, or worship him in the splendor of his holiness. Psalm 29, 2 said, Worship him in his holy attire, holy array. Did you know that? (laughs) And a lot of times that we want to give something to God, but God requires a higher standard because He wants to set you apart. He wants to brag on you. He wants to want to save you. Have you tried Elder Muldrow? Have you tried Brother Forbes or Sister Bray? 
Our Pastor Clark, Pastor Clark, you know what I'm talking about, right? We all are trying to see whether we're going to love God unconditionally like He loves us, especially true worshipers. A true worshiper doesn't give up because things don't go what they think they are. A true worshiper endures to the end. So as we continue, we know that the controversy continues today, and we must choose who we will worship. Response is our worship to who we will serve. If it's God, we honor him according to his word. If it's the devil, we honor him by not following God's commandments as outlined in the Bible. So I just it's so much I want to say, and maybe there'll be another opportunity I can say one other piece I want to say, but I, I'm going to conclude with this. Jesus is known by many names because he is everything, everything that we need him to be for our salvation. Can't get any better than that. Do you guys know anyone can do for you what Jesus has done for you and continue to do for you? And if so, I want you to stand and, and show me and tell me what that is. So, as we observe, we talked about Jacob was a, was a deceiver, a supplanter, names that indicate his character. His name was changed from Israel when he fought for blessings from God. The name change indicated change in his life of the seat to life depending on God who protected him. I want a name change. I don't want to be known as Barbara the one, you know that, that girl, I want her, but I want to know, be known as Barbara the worshiper of God. One of the greatest stories in the book of the Bible is the son of Korah. And everybody knows the story of Korah. And how, because of his rebellion against God, what happened. But, I believe in number 26, it says his sons were spared. And no longer are they known as I have heard, but they now know them as those who praise God. That's our witness. Our witness is to be a lead or be an example for those who don't know God. We have no other purpose. Now, everything else we put above God, I tell you, I guarantee you, not when he comes back, it won't be going there. It's going to be left here. So today, we make a choice. We make a choice who we're going to serve. And finally, I, I must say this. In following Christ, peace, no layers of being attitude. We must bring energy and passion and action that track in Jesus' footsteps. I cannot imagine if Jesus got ready to be born and said, I don't want to come out today. I'm not going to that cross. It's going to hurt. But that's the way we treat him. 
So my brothers and sisters, as we try to focus on what a true worshiper is, I've given you a guideline. But everything starts with your heart. Starts a heart matter. And with, are you going to, because if you love it with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your being, everything else is little coming to you. And like you, you, your husband, Pastor Matt, you first met Sister Andrew, right? And, and, and I don't know the story exactly, but I know that when you met her, you fell in love with her, and it's a totally different ballgame, right? When you love someone, you're going to do things for them that you want to normally do. Because I met guys, and oh, they, they didn't want to do anything for anyone. <laughs> did, he, did, did he say, but when you met that special one, pass the card, that's got a testimony, right? When you met that special one, all things change. You start to see the blue and the peace and the purple. It's a total. So that's the holiday of the God. When we try to worship him, things change. We don't look at things because we're changing God. Everything is now bright and beautiful. And the sunlight of the sh our soul shines through. And we don't get these things. And we're changing and getting ready because we have a bright future. So Pastor Matt, you would come and do our, you know what we do at the end of the service, all the call. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, this is about you. Where are you today? Are you a true worshiper? Not in the good times, not in the bad times, but always. Amen? 
in your laying down and in your getting up. Someone came to church today and you came to worship God. But you heard a, a slightly different definition of worship. You thought that you were just coming to worship. But you know what? It is our prayer that you lead with worship. It is our prayer that as you go through this day that worship continues right throughout the night. And guess what? Worship continues in the week. That worship is something that you do 24-7. I believe God is calling a people. Remember the Samaritan woman? She thought that worship happened just in the mountain. And the Jews, they, start, they thought that worship happened in Jerusalem. But Jesus clarified this. He says there, there is a, there's a coming a time when the true worshipers will come. How many of us want to be a true worshiper? Amen? I believe God is calling each and every one to an experience, a wonderful experience, into this relationship where God wants to do something in our lives. Something so great and powerful and magnificent. How many of us are just tired of just that, I mean, having this, I mean, short-handed worship? But you want to have that full worship. You want to have that full experience. You want to have the full power. Remember, Jesus says, listen, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power is given unto me. My change, my change. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Right? And the same power that he has promised, that he has, he's giving it to us. Amen? And so church, today I want to make a call. If you truly want to be a part of that true worship that Jesus talked about, if you want to be a part of that true worship, I want you to stand with me. We want to experience what God has in store for each and every one of us. Amen? And so today, as we stand, we're standing saying that we want to be a part of that great army that God is calling us into. Amen? But today, as we stand, there may be someone that is burdened, someone that has gone through some struggle or is going through some struggle, and, and you need you need the prayers of those that loves you. You need the prayers of, of those, the saints, the worshipers of God. And, and you want you just want to have that help. You want to have that extra help. Whatever you're going through, we want to have a, a time of worship in prayer. And we want to invite you to come on down. You may be, you may be mourning. You may be going through a, a situation, maybe it's a job that you know you're you're seeking for. Maybe it is it is a, a young person, a, a loved one that you are that you are you are praying for and, and you're you're praying that God will bring that person on track. Whatever the situation it may be, whatever it is, we serve a God that answers prayers. Amen. I felt it when I heard um, Kyra speaking about her the little one, and, and as she was she was saying, she felt that the prayers of those around. I want you to know that prayer changes things, amen. And we serve an awesome God. And so as we come, 
We're coming representing maybe ourselves or someone that we're praying for. And we want to truly have that experience that only God can give us. An awesome God. An awesome God. You know, so often we have a, these little praise breaks or these little moments where we just recognize the power of God. And where we see God moving in, in a special way. But there is going to come a time, as was told in the Bible, where God is going to come and we're going to recognize the true power and the essence of God. You're going to recognize the, the movement of God. And it's not going to stop, but it's going to be forever and ever. That is when we get to heaven, everyone. Amen? And so as we come, I'm just going to ask us to press together. Press together in the front. Press together in the front. The last thing I want to ask, somebody that want to say, Lord, I want to surrender my life over to you. And if this is your desire, you want to surrender to God. You want to say, God, I want to give you a try. I want to give my life 100% over to you. I'm dedicating my life because I want to have a full-time worship experience with you, God. If this is your desire, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands as we have a word of prayer. Just raise your hands. Father in heaven, we want to thank you. We praise you, Lord. You're an awesome, wonderful, magnificent God. It is you, God, that pitched us and woke us up this morning. It is you, God, that gave us the energy to burst out of bed, into the shower, getting ourselves ready. It is you that animated us. And it is you, Father, that's doing all of these things. And some of us dare to think that we were in control. But it is you, God, that has graced us and done so much for us. And here we are standing in church lifting our hands, surrendering ourselves, coming to the front, praying for a loved one or a situation, Lord. And we just, we're just coming here, Lord, to say that in spite of what the world is doing to us, we will worship you still. In spite of the bad times, we will lift our hands in praise. In spite of whatever we are going through, you are there, you are the constant one in our lives. And Lord, it is for this we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you the glory. Oh Father, in a special way, I pray that you'll move in this congregation. Touch every heart, touch every mind. Help us to know, Father, if there is a sickness in the house, we serve a God that is the antidote. He is the healer. He is the one that can bring us through. If there is a, a job that we're seeking for, it is you, Father, that can stimulate the hearts of the, the minds of the interviewer, that can turn it around, that we can get that job. If there's a relationship that's going stale, Lord, you can warm it up and you can restore it. Lord, we know that there is nothing impossible with you. And so, Lord, this is why we need to worship you continually, knowing that you're an awesome God. We pray, Father, that you will rain down your blessings upon this church. 
You know those, Lord, that have lifted their hands, surrendered their lives over to you. Father, I pray that you will just, just bring a restoration mission up in their lives. When all is said and done, Lord, all the sermons, the songs, all the battles on earth has been fought. Lord, we know that one day you will be bursting the clouds and you will be coming back again to take us home. I pray, Father, that you will be with each and every one of us. Anoint your people. Restore worship to your people. And we thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. For we ask these things in the mighty and the powerful name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.